if you've made it this far and you've had success in these areas, don't think that that would just be limited to that arena. Your adaptability and your ability to learn is really the biggest driver for success. And that's at least my experience. I'm able to learn new things and I, learn, I use it to become a data scientist. Hey, let's try coding. I'm gonna learn PySpark and Python in, in a few weeks. Let's try, let's go to Peace Corps. Let's learn George, Georgian, a really foreign language that I tried to learn Russian on, but they did not relate at all. So I had 10 weeks, unless I'm, I'm, I'm casually fluent, cool. And think that, okay, I have that ability. So let's, let's try real estate syndication. Cool, I did a few deals, great. Let's do 10 more. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, Yona Weiss, and joining me today, I am so pleased to be sitting across virtually, of course, from Aang. Aang Tang, thank you so much for joining us today. Aang is the, the founder and CEO of Tuzi Capital, which is a real estate investment firm. And, and just to give a little background, I mean, this guy is an all-star. I, I, I don't know if I know anyone else who has come from you know, a high-level tech position at Apple, okay? Pretty important company. A lot of you, a lot of you probably heard of Apple right? And, and gone full force into the real estate investing to the point where now he has a portfolio of, you know, by the end of the year, it's going to be close to, if not more than a hundred million dollars in assets under management. So all of that under the age of 35. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Yona. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. So let, let's just give this straight. Okay. You were born in, in Thailand correct? Mm -hmm. Your family mm -hmm. came over to the United States as refugees. How, how old were you at the time? Yeah. So my parents are Cambodian Chinese, the specific ethnic group that were persecuted in Cambodia at the time. And I, I hear all these crazy stories about, you know, them having like uh, a, a, a neighbor system where if you hear a knock, you got to run and then they, they, them hiding underground and drugging my older brother as we went through the jungles or as I, I was in the room. And then being born in Thailand, I stayed in the refugee camps for a few years, came when I was around three wow. uh, to LA. And that's where I call home for quite a while. Wow. Uh, that, you know, having that type of upbringing, I mean, I know a lot of people who uh, went through similar, you know, unfortunate circumstances mm -hmm. in different places in the world, in, whether it was communist Russia or, you know, people that had lived through the Holocaust and, you know, major persecution going on. It, it definitely builds a lot of, uh, you know, thick skin and gives mm -hmm. you that drive and determination to succeed in life. And, you know, I think, I think that, uh, you know, obviously shows through. So, what 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 happened? Let's let's just take a jump forward, right? You went to Wharton, right? Wharton mm -hmm. Graduate School yeah. in economics, and you started working at Apple. Okay, Apple, big company. 
I'm obviously skipping a lot in the middle over here, but I, I really want to get to because I'm really fascinated with how being a data scientist at Apple, you got into real estate investing. And then not only just got into it, but just mm -hmm. decided at one point, like, boom, that's it. I'm retiring. I'm going full force into this. You know, I got into real estate investing or real estate, and it's really many parts of real estate. I got into real estate right after the financial crisis, uh, which I was a part of and I helped cause. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I booked $4 billion of subprime loans. You know, who knew that <laughs> oh, no. people were going to pay these loans off? I'm sure, I'm sure somebody did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I bought my first property at a really interesting time when the properties went down by a third. And it was a triplex. It was $126,000. I remember it very clearly. Uh, I think you always remember your first. And it wasn't that much money into it. Uh, I was also pretty young. I saved a lot of money. I didn't make that much money. So it's not like I come, you know, I was growing up poor in welfare and I worked four jobs at Penn and Wharton. And, and at that time, I just lost my job as well because financial crisis. <laughs> so it was a very interesting time to then buy real estate, but it made sense to me. The numbers made sense. And that's all that really mattered when I got into it. I was like, okay, I can put money in here. I can get 12, 13% cash flow. The rents, the people are paying rent and I can get leverage. And then in a few months, I can refinance out. I didn't even think that far. I realized that afterwards, I just knew the math made sense and that I was skittish on the stock market. And as, as I would probably be having gone through that downturn mm -hmm. and then even the first downturn in 2000, when I was day trading in high school, you know, I was always kind of a gambler, but also very good at math. Just very good at math and stats and statistical probabilities. Uh, that's the data science yeah. route. Um, and I just, gravitated more and more towards predictability. And so I just wanted the predictability of real estate. And that's how I got into my first real estate investing. And I've been doing it for 12 years. And when I left Apple to do Tozy Capital, it wasn't necessary to do real estate investing because yes, that's part of it is to create a real estate investment company. Mm -hmm. And that part I did not know oh. I could do. That part I didn't know was available to me I thought I needed my own money. I thought I needed to build wealth and slowly snowball. And it, it, it starts slow at first and then it gets faster and gained momentum. And I was like, cool, this is good. I have financial freedom. And then I realized that people wanted to be part of this journey with me. And I really liked that. I really enjoyed just building a community and talking about how to not pay taxes? <laughs> Donald Trump does it. Yeah. How you know I can you can cash flow, and it's it's a this is foreign novel concept for people in the Bay Area where I lived at the time. Yeah. So how did that happen exactly? When was the first time that you brought in other people into your real estate investments besides for just buying your own outright properties? Mm -hmm. So I took this. Boot camp with Neil Bala. Okay. Uh, multifamily U. Sure. We love I was Neil dragged Bala. into it. <laughs> yeah. Great guy. Uh, I was dragged into it by my coworker, 
um, I thought, I know real estate. I, I don't need to do this. And but I didn't know real estate investing. I didn't know real estate investment companies. And that was really an eye opener. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I was actually buying my own real estate again, as I often do. I was buying a pretty large commercial property. And I'm very comfortable doing that. I've been doing that for a long time. And I just said, okay, let me just try to make a deck out of it. Let me just make a pitch deck. Mm-hmm. Pitch it to myself. You know, <laughs> I always have my own underwriting, my back and envelope math. I know what this would make, you know, plus or minus one or two. But let me just get into the hard numbers and then make a pitch deck. And then I shared it with a few people. And then somebody said, hey, can I co-invest with you? And I said, what does that mean? Then <laughs> <laughs> that's how it all started. I didn't accept money at the time because I was not comfortable and responsible enough to uh, take folks hard-earned money, which is a very uh, you know, privileged position to be in. Uh, but once I got more comfortable and I understood the process more, I then that's the, that's the step that it took. Yeah, and so and so now founding Tuesday Capital. So tell me, what does that mean? What is to, what, what is that word, Tuesday Capital? Name is meaning a lot to me. Um, I was workshopping this for a long time. I probably went through like ten iterations. Uh, this is a name word that my wife came up with. She's. Uh, She's Chinese American. She's um, she knows a little bit more Mandarin than me. I know none. So. <laughs> um, but she, she, yeah, Tozi means uh, to invest. Uh, so actually, the pronunciation is Tozi. I'm not pronouncing it, so I'm not gonna try. <laughs> and if somebody speaks Mandarin, they'll probably recognize Tozi, <laughs> and they'll say you're saying it wrong. And I'll I'll say yeah, teach them. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so to invest your capital, it's really, really my the whole the whole my whole tagline. I I came up with this on the spot when I was thinking putting website. Invest your capital for your time. I really fundamentally believe that we all have capital that we're not utilizing effectively or optimizing, and if we could focus a little bit more on that, you know, not focus too much on trying to make more money at work. Focus a little bit more on optimizing the capital you do have and understanding where they are. And getting a little bit more yield out of it, getting higher velocity, that's how pay more dividends than all the other stuff. Awesome. And so were other coworkers at Apple, you know, kind of keen on, on your decision? Like how, how are they seeing your progress that you've, what you've done and what you're continuing to do? Mm-hmm. I think it was a very shocking decision for a lot of people. Uh, that knew me very closely because I've always been very career driven and mm. like um, moving up the corporate ladder, becoming executive and working very hard to achieve. But it was also very, and I had a good conversation with my friend yes, a few days ago. It's very much a trap, this corporate success. I, at, at these tech companies, you get amazing benefits. You get stocks, you get stock grants. At a certain level, you get a lot of stock grants. And at a certain level, uh, at a certain time, those stock grants become very valuable. And it becomes very hard to leave. There's these golden parachutes, these tiny golden handcuffs. It's tiny because I'm not like a VP or anything. Right. <laughs> and I feel sure. Um, but they're enough to make you do a double take every time you want to make a voted decision. 
And you might make a better decision on different value systems besides money, which there are many different value systems. And now you're valuing everything on that lens of, okay, I shouldn't do this because I'm leaving this much money on the table and that's not going to make that much money. Mm. So for a long time, I did want to move and do other things. And so my, my, my path was, I just moved with an Apple three times. I was on iPhone team, helped launch iPhone success. I was on Apple music, helped build it from zero to 50 million subscribers. I was on Siri building a couple of new features that you use, maybe you guys use today. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, let me just try something different. And then just hop, hop, hop again. And then I realized I, the product that I've been trying to think about, I knew all along was real estate. I just needed to create a company around it. And, uh, and be a, you know, that was the product that I wanted to, to, to build uh, something out of. Uh, so uh, when I left, it was just a really interesting. Yeah. I, I, a month later after I left, somebody asked, but I, two months later after I left, I don't remember who my boss was. It was, it was so, so far removed. Wow. I was like, wait, what, who? I don't remember what I did two months ago, three months ago. And, and just to give a little context, I mean, you, since you left Apple, you just accelerating in the real estate investment company, you know, at the time of this recording, and this is going to be released a little bit, you know, probably a, a month or two after we're recording this, but at the time of, of this recording, how many deals, okay, let's talk about number of units and let's talk about asset price or asset, uh, yeah, that you have done or are in the process of doing since you left Apple how many months ago? I left Apple in July. Okay, so it's seven, let's say six, seven months ago from now when we're airing. Yeah, and by the time you air, I would probably have done nearly a thousand units and likely more than a hundred million lost deals. Okay, so for our listeners listening to that, <laughs> that's real numbers here. We're talking about you know real people. That's taking major moves uh, and very bold, as you put it, to use your own word, right? Bold moves mm -hmm. to jump into something like this, bring people with you, and and the response. I mean, you can't buy a thousand units and a hundred million dollars of assets on your own, but you have investors and you found partners that are doing this together with you. And I think that just speaks volumes to, you know, the kind of credibility that you brought into this. Yeah. And it, it, all, it all started with just trying to provide people value. Like I, I learned all these really interesting things like cost segregation study and bonus appreciation and real estate professional and language of easements and all these other interesting and novel things. And the sexiest thing you probably done when you're a W2 employee is like, what's a backdoor Roth IRA? Like, hmm. like that, that's maybe the most foreign thing you're, you're exploring. And when I learned all these things, I just wanted to just create a deck. I, I create decks for a living. I, I create stories and narratives for a living. And I pitched to Tim Cook, I pitched to all these executives on launching these features and strategies and business plans. And I said, I can just like, let me just put all my thoughts and make it very relatable and make it very personable. Uh, and it really resonated with people. And, and I just did it because I didn't want myself to be the only one who knew this amazing thing. I just want to say, Hey, these things exist. Check it out. If you do what you do well with it, 
I just want, I just now, I, it's something off my chest. So it was, it was, that was the whole genesis of it. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, it, it just, it's incredible. I think, I think so many people can learn from this because if you're listening to this right now and you're in a W2 job, right, you're listening to this because you want probably to learn how other people who are in a similar situation like you, like Aang, who, who's sitting, normal guy, right, working up the corporate ladder in April, Apple, you know, after, after having gone through, you know, the financial crisis and decided to, to make a life decision and just go all in in something that he believed in. And if he can do it, you can do it. What would be the, yeah. you know, the best advice for someone listening right now who, you know, is, was in your shoes where you were a year or two ago? What, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say that you should be confident in your ability. If you've made it this far and you've done, had success in these areas, don't think that that would just be limited to that arena. Your adaptability and your ability to learn is really the biggest driver for success. And that's at least my experience. I'm able to learn new things and I, le- I use it to become a data scientist. Hey, let's try coding. I'm going to learn PySpark and Python in, in a few weeks. Let's try, let's go to Peace Corps. Let's learn George, Georgian, a really foreign language that I tried to learn Russian on, but they did not relate at all. So. I had 10 weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm casually fluent, cool. And think that, okay, I have that ability. So let's, let's try real estate syndication. Cool, I did a few deals, great. Let's do 10 more. Awesome, and you know, who knows, maybe uh, a couple of years from now after you've made a, you know, a few hundred million or billion you know, mm-hmm. dollars, <laughs> try something else, right? That's incredible. And I always say like my biggest skill, people ask me, what's my, my superpower? What's my biggest skill for me personally? I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people relate to this is my, you know, my thirst for knowledge and my, my ability to learn new things. I know I'm, I'm fluent in, uh, you know, in three languages and Mm -hmm. I I didn't know them, you know, (laughs) until I was about 20 years old. So they're, you know, obviously English, I knew at first in my first language, but these other languages just picked up and, it just takes an amount of time and skill and dedication yeah. and consistency. Yeah. Yes. Dedication. I mean, obviously you get hard work and consistency. Pay, you need it. Another part of it is like having people in this community, like yourself and the resources that you guys provide on podcasts and webinars and places, you know, if you're the way you consume media nowadays, you can learn so much, you can learn so much on YouTube on podcasts. And I learned it from all those, but also talking to people. Yeah. And you, know, you never know all these things exist until you talk to people. Most people who are rich and have all these done, don't write a book on how they got there. Maybe for their own ego a little bit, but not necessarily a step-by-step book, more like a biography. And you're not gonna learn about it until you actually have people surrounding yourself with. Like, so find people who you want to be like, or maybe admire and want to achieve like them. And try to surround yourself with those folks. And you're a little bit of osmosis and a little bit of learning from them. And hopefully they get a little bit from you and you, and it's mutually beneficial. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason, probably the main reason why I started this podcast in the first place is because I want to talk and, you know, kind of pick the brains of this most successful people that I know. And it helps me to grow as a person 
helps me to to learn all these new things and just surrounding yourself with people who are successful and people that you kind of look up to and see that mm-hmm. oh they can do it i can do it yeah you know i was telling my friend this this as well as soon as i learn a concept or i have an idea i pitch it i just pitch it or i teach it and i might have just learned it yesterday and i'm teaching it today and that helps me crystallize that idea, that concept, yeah. those theories even more. And being a teacher, being an educator, being a giver is the best way to learn, to be a receiver, to be all those. I couldn't have said it better myself. You literally took the words out of my mouth. You, you may have read it from one of my social media posts. but No, I'm just saying, but it's exactly where we're totally aligned with that. thing. so I appreciate that, that point of view. And I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that as well. But I want to take the time and jump right now into the final four. These are four questions that I ask all my guests. And the first question for you is, what's the worst job that you ever had? The worst job I ever had was a DJ at a college radio station as a blues DJ. And I say it's worst job because I did not like freeform jazz blues. And I had to figure out all the, I don't know how I got the job. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like I had to listen to jazz 10 hours. <laughs> I mean, so sorry for those who like jazz. I, it's just not for me. Oh, man. And you just, you just picked a job by a jazz radio station uh, being a yeah. DJ. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. I mean, of all, of all things. But listen, you got to do what you got to do. And like you said, you were working at, at a certain point for jobs, mm-hmm. um, you know, to put yourself through, through college. And to, you know, to climb that, that ladder. So that's, that's pretty impressive in and of itself. Uh, second question is, what is a book that you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? So not just any book. I'm looking for something that really, really made things click. You know, I, I, read, I read the book, uh, Andrew Yang's book, The War of Normal People. And for those who know me, I, they know that I'm very much abundance mindset and thinking that, you know, Giving is really a great way to boost people, and and there's, and I think that helps me paradigm shifts a lot about the struggles America's going through and relate to that and how I can help in that. I try to do it my own through being abundant mindset all the time and being really open to partnering and really opening to giving, and that's how I've expanded. And that paradigm shift is a lot about understanding people being empathetic with their circumstances and being able to to help in a way that i think um they need help with all said okay we'll definitely check that one out we'll put that in the show notes there third question Ang, is what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn and and i love this question because especially for you it sounds like you know, if you pick something, that's, you're going to do it and you're going <laughs> to, you're going to learn it and then teach it. So if there's something right now that you would, you're aspiring to. That's, that's a good question. And, and by the way, you want to ask me if I, I wanted the questions in advance and now I'm thinking like, I should have, I should have said yes. <laughs> I should have said yes. But then I would have been thinking about the whole questions all the time. And I was like, when I wouldn't be thinking but in the moment. The thing that I would probably want to be better at is, I think, performing. You know, I do really well for these one-on-one conversations with you. And if I was in front of like 100 people, I don't think I could get the same message across, even in front of a camera. 
And it's not necessarily for ego or vanity. It's more like I have a lot to say and I want to convey it as well as possible. And I want to make sure people receive that message and hopefully they can. And I don't think I have the time to have one-on-ones for everybody. So performing is really, yeah, being really good in, in that facet would be really interesting. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, a public speaking course or, you know, Toastmasters or something like that, mm-hmm. those are great. Uh, they really give so much skill and depth because it is a skill to be able to mm-hmm. speak in public or to be able to give over to a large audience and have that confidence to to speak and to be not just to speak but to be heard right mm-hmm. to say the right things at the right time so that those uh you know those things penetrate it's a great skill to have so i definitely uh definitely agree with that that's a, that's a good one fourth and final questioning what and this is different for everyone so what does success mean to you success means to me the ability to provide for my family and to be able to uh, impart that ability to others and to the extent that providing for family means different things to people i want to be able to give the gift of success and the ability to achieve success to others i I think I'm, i'm already there and by my own measures, I could retire now. I don't need this. Tell my team all the time. I don't need you guys. Yeah, I could retire. <laughs> leave this holding. <laughs> uh, but I, I really think that, you know, I, I want to make a difference uh, for other folks who, who, who are looking to join the space to, to find that, that independence and financial freedom. Awesome. That's incredible. And I think it's, that's, it speaks a lot to, to who you are that yes, you, because of the investments you have now and the cash flow you're creating on a monthly basis, you could retire. You know, there's not a question, right? But to continue building this and to be able to give back and to help other people get to that level and to get to where you're at is, is very, you know, uh, honorable to, in my opinion. So I appreciate, appreciate that. And I appreciate you and for taking the time. How can our listeners find you or find out more about you? Yeah. Feel free to go to my website, schedule a call with us. You eventually get to me, I think. My team's trying to make it harder to reach me, I think. Uh, I think you know, we'll share the show notes. I'm also trying to launch this Financial Freedom Decoded, financialfreedomdecoded.com, where I try to impart some of these information on these stuff that we talked about. Wow, so financialfreedomdecoded.com. What is, what is that about? What's a, is that like a blog? Is it going to be a, a, a videos? What, It'll be a a free uh, a video course where you just learn about concepts that I've been crystallizing in my head uh, that I've I, I've presented probably fifteen times at Apple at Amazon at Facebook and in part and and gotten a lot of great feedback and I love that I love being able to provide you know to folks and I and right now I'm providing to the wealthiest of them I would love to provide to more folks and and you know give back to a greater community beautiful amazing thank you again it's been a pleasure speaking with you i, I really appreciate you taking the time and joining me today thanks man appreciate yeah it. and to and to all our listeners thanks for tuning in again and i just want to say i appreciate you keep coming back we got a lot more coming and remember the best advice comes only when you ask real quick i have one question for you did you like this episode 
If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.